0: Is not Jaiyo Jai Santo Paraki Jai Shakti Vaishnav jar? Jai Namacharya Shiva Hari Das Sakurki Jai Brahm Shikohar Shri Krishna Jai Jan Prabhu Chinandashiroitradhar Shiva Sangor About the Windiki Jai Shri Shiva Krishna Govinpashan Uttar Vrada Kanake Toran Jai Rindam Nam Jai 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 all glories to the assembled devotees, all glorious to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, Namaste Saraswati Debe Gorani Pachani. Here is A. Susuni Hani Paskatani Sutani. Mande Hamshi Guru Shri Tao Padamam Shri Ruru Vaishnavascha. Shri Rukam Sadhurjanam Saganam Rayanam Vikam Samsajivam. Sadhu Vikam Sadhurjanam Padijanam Saikam Krishna Chaitanya Devam. Shri Raka Krishna Padam Saganam Lavita Shri Vishakam Vikam it's a very small gargoyle, isn't it? No. Is it alright? Yeah. It was me make it this That's alright. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Sorry that It's swelling everywhere. It's hmm? a It's, 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 <laughs> <a ball>. it's, <laughs> it's Yes. Yeah, Shri Mataji. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. 22 in Hillsborough, North Carolina. reading from the Bhagavatam, Canto 10, chapter 35, texts 24 to 25. And this is the chapter of the Gopis' feelings of separation with Krishna's in the forest. And this uh, chapter is analyzed uh, in pairs. The verses are... They're speaking verses, but the verses are in pairs, and this is the last pair of the Gopis' song, and then after that, there's a concluding verse by am Swami. song. Gurni Talo Chenali Shahs. Madavi Gurni Dhyana Krakundalakshyam Please chant. in the next verse. Dharupathir dvigarabhapcabhivaroyami nipathir Igaisha dhinante mudika bhaktra upayati duratam Bhocha Madha, by intoxication, intoxication. Vinor Nita, rolling, Rolling. Vodjanam, his eyes, Ishat, sliding, Manada, Manada. showing honor, honor. Slasuridam, to his well-wishing friends, Manamali, Wearing a garland of forest flowers. Mandara, like a mandara fruit. Pandu, whitish. Vadana, his face. Nudu, soft. Gandam, his cheeks. Mandayan, ornamenting. Kanaka, golden. Kundala, of his earrings, Lakshmiya, with the beauty, Yanipati, the lord of the Yanayan sea, Raja, like a kingly elephant, the is sporting, Yamini Pati, the lord of the night or the moon, that it was Moon who's the Lord of the night. Ipa, like Esherha, he, dina ante, dina ante, at the end of the day, Mudita, mudita. joyful, Bhaktraha, his face, Upayati, his okay. coming, coming. Durantham,
1: insurmountable, Rochayan.
0: Driving away, dregha, of Gavam of the cows or of those who are to be shown mercy, Dina, of the daytime, of the painful heat. D-B-T translation. As Krishna respectfully greets his well-wishing friends, his eyes roll slightly as if from intoxication. He wears a flower garland, and the beauty of his soft cheeks is accentuated by the brilliance of his golden earrings and the whiteness of his face, which has the color of a Bhavara berry. With his cheerful face resembling the moon, lord of the night, the lord of the audience moves with the grace of a regal elephant. Thus he returns in evening, delivering the cows of Raja from the heat of the day. B.B.T. Purport, the word Gam is constructed from the Sanskrit word go, which means cow or senses. Thus Sri Krishna, by coming back to the village of Raja, relieve the inhabitants of Rindamana from the distress their eyes and other senses felt during the day because of being separated from direct contact with him. And his commentaries by the Acharyas. I am just going to read uh, Sanatana Swami's commentary. This is uh, Sanatana Swami. His eyes roll slightly from joy or intoxication. This is natural to him, but particularly because of seeing the gopis. They roll with variety, the gurna. This indicates the beauty of his eyes. He offers respect to the feet of his father and mother, or he personally acknowledges the gobies by glancing everywhere and rolling his eyes, or he breaks the pride of the gobies by not returning quickly because of playing for a long time with the coward boys. He wears a jasmine garland extending to his feet to give joy to the cowards and cows, His cheeks are soft, without whiskers, since he is of the kashore age. He decorates his tender cheeks with earrings. Naturally, the earrings and his cheeks combine, but because the earrings sway slowly and he walks, they touch his cheeks. As the Lord of the Yadus, the Yadus gave mercy to the people of Raja by having him stay there. Or Yadapati can mean Lord of the Calvars. This is stated his son, He is the lord of the Cowherds. by manifesting great qualities. He appeared in their family for this purpose. He has a joyful face with smiles and glances. This indicates that a special Baba has arisen in him. He frees the cows of their continual suffering, or he wears a garment of flowers and leaves. This indicates his great beauty in the forest dress. It is understood that he has a peacock feather on his head and wears earrings. As well, he has a long, blue necklace as described previously. He has given up his previous dress and now wears a different costume. Because his desires are not completely fulfilled, he slightly gives respect to his friends. His face is pale, because they consider that he also suffers from separation, like them, or he actually has a pale face from separation. Because he walks like an elephant, his earrings touch his cheeks. The earrings are like Rashi kissing his cheeks. He frees the cows of Raja from their distress by letting them eat the cows. This is unlike us, letters. They can't eat Krishna. Just as the moon rises at the end of the day and meets the night after separation during the day, and is pale because of separation. So Krishna appears at the end of the day, pale from separation, and meets us. The moon is also Lord of the Yadu, since the Yadu dynasty begins with the moon. He causes people's faces to become joyful, Muddita Bhaktama, since he takes away their sorrow experienced during the day. He takes away suffering experienced during the day for the eyes of the living entities, Raja. I just realized that. Another point I want to make is not in this commentary, and I don't want to read the whole thing. Which one? One one second. Um, If I can just find it. Okay, Sindhish so was just reading a little um, piece of it. He says Krishna's face was slightly flushed like a ripe buttery fruit due to the thirst, hunger, and fatigue from wandering in the forest, or his face was flushed due to experiencing prolonged separation from his dear lobbies. This is an unblocked of the symptom of exclusion. mādā vi-gurinītā lo-canārīśaṭ mana manada swāsūyaṁ vāna-mālī mandāda pāndu vāradom rindu-vāntam mandāyam khanakā kundalā lācśniyā yadūpa tīr du-yurādā rāja-vīnharo gārīni patir, i-vāśya-vīnāti pudītā pārā Upayati dūrāntam mokcāyam vājākāvam dīnātāpam As Krishna respectfully greets his well-wishing friends, his eyes roll slightly as if from intoxication. He wears a flower garland, and the beauty of his soft cheeks is accentuated by the brilliance of his golden earrings and the whiteness of his face, which has the color of a pagoda belly. With his cheerful face resembling the moon, lord of the night, the lord of the others moves with the grace of a regal elephant. Thus he returns in the evening, delivering the counts of Raja from the heat of the day." Is there anything that jumps out at you from this verse, or something in this verse that really just like, I'm kind of like, what? Well, that's often, Krishna is often described as if his eyes are rolling as if he's intoxicated. But something we don't generally read in relationship to Krishna, respectfully greets his friends. Well, that's another point, and, and this um, this manada, right, that Krishna treats his friends with respect. So that's, you know, usually treating those as equals, <laughs> uh, That's also a very interesting point, because uh, manada, one should not look for any respect from anyone, right? That's the third verse of the shakshasaka, one should show respect to everyone, and not look for any respect for oneself. And I always find it fascinating that we tend to emphasize respect for everyone else, but it's just, it's equally important not to expect respect from anyone. And how is that possible? How can we not expect respect from anyone? We actually have a need for appreciation, it's a, it's a need of the soul. And that's because we get that from Krishna. And then the whiteness of his face. Yes! Yes, the whiteness of the space. That was what jumped out for me. Okay. So that we could talk about Krishna showing respect to his devotees, how Krishna shows honor to all his devotees. Uh, Prabhupada said that if you're not seeking to be recognized by Krishna, your life is condemned. He says this in the story of who are going to Vrindavan. So the way we satisfy our desire to be acknowledged and appreciated and respected, and we all have that desire, is to get that fulfilled by Krishna who respects all of his devotees. But the thing that really jumped out at me here is this word pandu. And pandu means light. Light, pale. Right? That's when Pandu was born, he was called Pandu. Why was he called Pandu? Because he was very pale. He was pale. Why was he pale? He was sickly. He was sickly. And and why was he Born pale. Because his, because, um, his mother couldn't face what, um, <clears throat> what he looked like when he came. What to the Oscar was like, yes. He looked like he was, scared. Because he was scared. Right, right. So the um, uh-huh. Sajjante's son, Richard Javier, he hadn't been able to produce children. He died young, and then there was no heir and Bhishna refused to be at his vow. I'm not going to be the king, nor will I produce children. So he had a child born before her marriage he asked it, and she said, you've got to come produce children and get to marry his wives. And he said, well, I've been doing austerities. I, I don't look very attractive to princesses. You know? <laughs> They've got dreadlocks, and, and they're just you know, skinning and And so... And the first wife closed her eyes and had a child, and the second wife blanched. She turned pale, and so her child was warm, pale, and sickly, and so he was called Pandu. Uh, so here Krishna is being called Pandu. Now this is a little strange. It's called Vidara Pandu. So I looked up what's the Vidara fruit, and the inside is very white. So we don't generally find Krishna is being described as, as white. But of course we have many deities of the Lord that are white. Yes, many of our deities and stuff. Krishna is, is made from white marble. But we don't usually think of Krishna. as funny we think of Krishna as Shama. But this could be like a dark person can get pale because... A dark person can get pale, yes. So even people who are very dark can't get pale, or flush, right? We would just say how the, how the fruit is white on the inside, so Krishna might sometimes appear, appear shone on the outside, but because he's feeling separation. So he might appear shone on the outside, because he's feeling separation. So Satya You said that that either the gopis they thought, Krishna must be pale in that separation, or maybe he actually looked pale. And Vishnu Chakrabadhi Thakur said, Krishna might have become pale from fatigue. So, you know, when we're very tired, we also look kind of drained. Yeah? We look kind of pale and drained. So I thought I'd look at this this color, the concept of of color, and the, the concept of color in general, the concept of fatigue, which we normally think of as a fault the concept of separation and lamentation, which we also sometimes think of as a fault, and how both fatigue and separation on Krishna's part are impetuses for love. So, I wanted to look in Bhakti-yasami Bhakti Descindhu 2.5 and one eighteen. Rupila Swami lists different colors as being associated with different sariphas, with different rasas. So he says, the twelve rasas have twelve colors as follows. Chantiras is white, and then Adasiras or Preeti is multicolored. Sakya or friendship is orange. Parental is crimson. Conjugal is indigo, which is of course Krishna's color. Laughter is Pandu. So the color associated with laughter is Pandu. Then wonder is yellow or green, Uh, chivalry is gold, lamentation, purple, anger, red, Uh, fear is black, and horror is blue. So I thought, yeah, that's interesting. Here, hunger is being associated with separation, which would be associated with lamentation for one of us. But Rupa Goswami kind of is associating whiteness with laughter mm. and comedy. I thought that was kind of interesting. And uh, the other day, Krishna saw me reading a verse in the about Bhagavatamrita about how Krishna's gopis have diverse complexions. You know, and Krishna, of course, has different colors in his different incarnations. Like when Barguese came and said, well, sometimes he's reddish, sometimes he's greenish, sometimes he's golden, sometimes he's bluish. And this is a little amazing for, I think, most people in the world thinking about God. You know, how many people in the world are asking, what color is God? You know, (laughs) what color is God? I think this is it's a little bit of a challenge for us we present that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and he has a color and he has a color that's not generally seen in this world. But there is a particular kind of genetic condition that causes people to be blue, so it's a very rare thing, but there's especially certain groups of people who by this genetic condition are blue, but we don't generally think of it as a, a color of uh, humans. Right, humans are mostly just on the brown scale. <laughs> but well, here we find like Mamchandra um, is described as greenish and Krishna as bluish. And Mahju is golden, of course. Okay. So Krishna has all these different he can display all these different colors according to his different mood, but his original colour is this Shana colour. Then it's compared to like a dark rain cloud Although Bhagavad Gita Saraswati says, we can't even imagine Krishna's strong by comparing it to anything in this world. Vishnacharya Vittakura says that when the devotee finally sees Krishna, one of the things the devotee says is, I offended you by comparing your form to anything in this world. That was disrespectful. You know, so these analogies are given often like that the Lord's arms are like door bolts. And his chest is like a big door, and his thighs are like the, the trunks of elephants, or sometimes his arms are compared to snakes, and his navel is compared often to a pond, and his feet, of course, are usually compared to lotuses. And if the devotee sees Krishna, he says, No, now this was very offensive, saying that your feet were like lotuses, there's no comparison, that your color is like a dark rain cloud. Or or something like that. So I mean, we hear many times of people who have uh, out-of-body or near-death experiences and they're in their subtle body and they'll report that they see thousands or millions of times more colors than our eyes or our gross eyes are able to see. Of course, we know that there are creatures on this planet who in their gross bodies can see colors that we can't see. There are many insects that can see ranges of colors that are not visible to us, that you can even see ultraviolet light. And so it's certainly uh, reasonable to understand that on the higher planets, there are many, many more colors and more vibrancy of colors that we can't even imagine. The problem says their sense in that there is thousands of times greater than ours. That means their colors, their sounds, uh, their fragrances uh, are all far more, far more variety. And so we can't even imagine in the spiritual body the variety of colors. And these colors have actually, I just remember, many years ago in the Gurukula, I remember talking to my late Gaibhav Sariputta about what to do when the kids got to be teenagers. Many of them had a lot of doubts uh, regarding any seeming discrepancies between Christian consciousness and modern science. So what he said was, well, why don't you give them books and information where there's scientific evidence for many of the aspects that we teach in Christian consciousness? So one type of book that I got was about scientific evidence of what they call paranormal phenomena and, and subtle phenomena, and one of them was a book about experiments that had been done in the former Soviet Union, of course. They were doing it for military purposes, but experiments with people having mental abilities. And one of them was this blind woman who could read with her fingers, not rail, she could just move her fingers over a book, she could basically see through her skin. And they found that they could teach people, anybody, they could teach some certain percentage of normal people to be able to see through their skin. And one of the things they would do was have them tell colors through their skin, without their eyes, to view. And they would, they would put the colored substance under glass so that there was no heat sensation. They said maybe there's a different heat sensation coming from the different colors. And what was amazing is they could train a large percentage of people to be able to discern colors without their eyes. And what really struck me was that there was consistency of the description of these colors. So they would describe a certain color. All the people who learned to do this, they would describe a certain color as rough, or wavy, or smooth, or jumpy, or... So there was some aspect of the color besides just visual. you follow what I'm saying? Some kind of texture. You know, some kind of texture and feeling about that color. And, of course, we know there are people who have synesthesia. They can hear music and it shows us different colors. Or there are people who, when they think about numbers, the numbers have different colors. Or fragrances that have different colors. They have this mixture. And, of course, we know that Krishna, his body, all of his senses can do the work of the other senses. And Juhal Prabhupada says the liberated Jiva is also like that. So, in our spiritual body, we also have this full synesthesia. And therefore, colors are not just colors, they're not just something visual. They have sound, they have feeling, they have texture, they have taste, they have smell. And therefore, the Goswami is associating them with different rasa. A rasa is a, a taste, it's a flavor, it's an experience. Yes, I mean, we have some idea of that, even on the very gross platform, isn't it? Right, like they have doctors who are green, and if they're going to put warning signs, they're in red or orange, right? I mean, we have some concept, that there's some connection. So Krishna appears, although his original form is shown, he appears in different colors according to various moods. And when he's coming home from the forest, of uh, fatigue and separation from the residents of the village, he appears as Pandu, as, as whitish. Or at least, if he doesn't literally appear that way, as Sinatra Goswami saying, at least the mood, he has a whitish mood <laughs> of, of the separation and fatigue. So we might say, well, wait a minute, isn't fatigue a fault? It's one of the whips, right? that we suffer from. Just like everyone has their own time of the day when they're at peak performance, right? There's a lot of studies about this, that certain people are morning people, certain people are evening people. I've been working for many years on a project with somebody who's an evening person and I'm a morning person. And so it's difficult for us to find a time when we're both at our level of peak performance. And, and my, my jovial you know, cinderella's chariot was made of a pumpkin, and at midnight it turned back into a pumpkin. So, I guess later in the day I feel like my brain is becoming a pumpkin, you know. And I'll, I'll say to her, I think I'm starting to pumpkin, you know. So, it's fatigue and it's, it's miserable. It gets to be 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night and I feel like I have a pumpkin in my head instead of the brain. And I'm trying to force myself to think clearly, I'm trying to, to gather all of my, my subtle resources <laughs> in order to focus, and it takes so much work because my, my brain is tired. Right? I have some of these meetings with the CDC committee, and it's at 7.30 at night because we have to accommodate people in India for whom it's 5 o'clock in the morning and people in Australia. And so, you know, they're asking me all these questions. And I'm like, what? Oh, what do you think? <laughs> so it's miserable. Fatigue is miserable. Isn't it? Right? You want to get some work done? And you're like, I'm too tired. I have so many things to do. I'm too tired of... Those of us who are getting older, you know, we may nap more. You know, I've got to take a nap. (laughs) I'm getting old and fatigued. And we wish we had beautiful energy. (laughs) Farber talked about this. He saw these young people running and jumping in the ocean. He said, I can't do this anymore. So fatigue appears to be a fault. Why would the Lord have fatigue? And why would He look drained and pale from fatigue? I mean, that's awful. Right? When I live drained and pale from fatigue, I don't I don't want anyone taking my picture. You want know anyone taking your picture when you're tired? <laughs> yeah. uh, <I'm> really tired. <laughs> so it's very interesting in the section of Sindhu, on the impetuses for love. Vibav. Vibav is what impels your love. So there's this is a little technical. There's two categories, Alambana and Udipana. So, Alambana is the, what the Prabhupada calls basic, and then Udipana is impelling. So, then among the Alambana, there's two there's the object of your love, who is Krishna, and then there's the shelter of your love, who are the other devotees who feel similarly to Krishna as you do. So, under the category of Vibhava, Alambana, vishaya, impelling, basic impelling, the object of love. Krishna's qualities are described. So I'm sure all of you remember this in the next devotion, Krishna's 64 qualities. So these are listed because they're the basic principle of what impels us. So after this list, then Goswami says that Krishna doesn't have 18 faults. And he lists 18 faults. One of them is fatigue. So Jiva Goswami in his commentary, and this is uh, Bhaktivedya to verse 2, 1, 2, 46. So this is the second ocean, the southern ocean of the Bhakti Samhita the first wave, the first wave is about Vipava, what is impelling. So Jiva Goswami takes of these 18 faults, he takes 16 of them, and he says Krishna actually has these, but in a wonderful way. Two faults he says he doesn't have. And for fatigue, he quotes Bhagavatam 101516, that sometimes Krishna would retire from fighting and lay down at the base of a tree, resting upon a bed made of soft twigs and buds, and using the lap of a calendar friend as his pillow. So this is his evidence that Krishna sometimes gets fatigued. Now there's also a Yavichari Bhav, there's a transitory emotion of laziness. So, my my, my good friend with me, she said, We're going to start the lazy Baba Club, but we're just going to start it. We're going to be too lazy to do (laughs) anything in the club. So, this laziness as a Yad Vichara can come from two sources. One, it can can occur after conjugal enjoyment between Krishna and the and the other, it can occur from working hard. uh, Or from satisfaction. Or from satisfaction. So, an example of laziness from satisfaction is when the Brahmanas at the Govardhan Puja were so satisfied that they said, We're not going certain manual at Govardhan Hill, we'll just stay here and give everybody blessings. So that was their, their laziness. But there's also laziness from fatigue. You know, like, oh, Sudhama, so is not fighting too hard, give him a break, no challenge him to fight. And that's an ecstasy. We can sort of kind of think of that, right? When well, we've been working really, really hard or we're really satisfied with something and we feel kind of lazy and it's, it's a nice feeling, isn't it? It's enjoyable. Ah, oh, I've worked really hard today. I feel really satisfied. I'm just going to sit here on a bench in the sun and just be lazy. Isn't it? Right? So it's, each other it's a transitory, pleasurable emotion. So Krishna has this type of fatigue. He doesn't have the type of fatigue where he's being forced by his body against his will to rest, like we have. Right? I really want to be full on in my like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night meeting, and I just can't. My mind and my body are going, you're tired. <laughs> so it's not. It's a fatigue of satisfaction. No helplessness. No helplessness, thank you. No helplessness. Yeah, so it's, it's very beautiful. And Krishna also can be said here to be pale from separation. So again, I talked about this the other day, last Sunday, but the separation in this world is generally miserable. If someone you love dies, or someone you love is very geographically separated from you, or if you're separated due you to anger, if someone you love is angry with you, and so you're separated, that, those are usually seen as miserable conditions. And the personality not only gives color to each of the Ras, he also gives personalities to each of the Ras. And the personality for this lamentation is wrong. Because wrong is feeling this lamentation, separation from Sita, both when she's kidnapped by Ravana and afterwards um, when she's with Malikhi, and then of course when she goes into the earth. And so, and it's explained that one may think well this lamentation is miserable. I mean for us, sad is the opposite of happy. And not happy, I'm sad. And you know, the doctors ask you, have you been sad any time in the last two weeks? (laughs) And then they'll refer you to a psychiatrist and they'll give you pills so you won't feel sad anymore. Right? It's something unwanted. Nobody gives you pills so you won't feel happy anymore. Nobody says, have you been happy in the last two weeks? Oh, we have to give you some pills for that. So we think of sadness as something unwanted. However, the lamentation of Ram in separation is so wonderful that Hanuman is chanting Hermione continuously. Right? And we can see a reflection of this. People like sad movies and sad stories, you know. Was that a good movie? Oh, yeah, I cried I mean, it's just like, right? Hey, isn't it? So it's a kind of Rasa. So this paleness due to separation, when am I going to see the gopis? Right? And as Mara said the other day, the separation the residents are feeling. Krishna's only in the forest for a few hours. It's not like he's you know, been deployed to Ukraine or something. He's you not know, like that. And he's, just, he's just there for a few hours, and actually the gopis leave him in the middle of the So they haven't been away from him for very long. Krishna has been away from them for very long. But he's feeling this intense separation from them, and they are feeling this intense separation from him. So this... and it's blissful! It's blissful. It's the reality that we're trying to taste, you know, hearing a sad story or like that. So this fatigue and separation of Krishna is an impetus to the devotees' love. Oh, Krishna's fatigue. Oh, he can lie down on my he can use my lap as a pillow and I'll fan him and I'll massage his feet. You know, and I'll wash his face and comb his hair give him a new set of clothes, give him a bath, and I always feel the separation. Don't you all want to be missed by somebody? Right? If we go away for a while with you jiu- me, yeah, I didn't think of you. You know, we want someone to miss us, and then we can give them joy by being with them again. So Krishna's paleness, whether it's a mood or whether it's literal, is an impetus for the devotees to, to offer service. And Krishna's like, no, I don't need anything, I mean, I'm you know, I'm Then the devotees have no interest for Saiva. As sometimes like it's someone's birthday. You say, what would you like? like I don't need anything. You're kind of disappointed. You're like, well, i want to give you something. Isn't it? Right? So Krishna's like, no, oh, I'm fine. I'm just so happy. Don't go. you say, oh, Krishna's tired. He's in separation. Look, look. His face is pale. I'm going to find birth Look at that. something for him. We have to serve him. We have to make him happy. And then they're happy by uh, serving him. So as I said, this is the last couplet in this chapter, the gopis' mood of separation, which is given in the couplets. This is the last verse. And as I read uh, last week, I can read it again, that in the beginning and the end of this chapter in the Krishna book, Sri Prabhupada says that we should be meditating on these descriptions of Krishna in order for ourselves to feel separation from Krishna, which impels us to love Him. So there's so many more descriptions in this verse that we could have gotten into, and I invite you to go through this verse during the day and the various descriptions—Krishna's forests, flowers, uh, so many things—and each each one of them, frankly, we can speak about for a month. These <laughs> uh, insects, Shukrakarpa yeah. keejan, Shubhakarita keejan.